by the Holy Ghost, you can touch people's lives every time the Lord uses us. So welcome this morning to Stratford Heights. It's so good to see you here. God bless you. Be seated for just a moment. We want to welcome everyone that's here today. We have just come from early service at 830, and it's always wonderful. You can come in the building and hear the singing and the preaching, and then we get ready for Sunday school at 930. And we have Sunday school, and they had the fire falling in Cindy's class today. We were down the aisle. <laughs> fire. This church is on fire. And uh, we studied about getting Moses and the children of Israel out of Egypt bondage and how God was ready to use them and take them to the promised land. So we have a lot to look forward to, the rapture of the church. So Sunday school hour is wonderful, and then here we are for morning, mid-morning service. 
And we welcome you. We're so glad that you could be here. And you can come back tonight at 6 o'clock for more fire, fire from the Lord and the move of his spirit. And so thank you for being here. We've had a good week. Uh, tonight will be regular service. And then this week will uh, be Oasis and uh, Wednesday night regular service and so classes on Wednesday night there's just something going on all the time people are working and singing and uh, serving the Lord and teaching and training so that we can uh, further the kingdom of God so thank you for being here today please remember the ladies uh, in the uh, uh, nursery department they're doing a garage sale this is the annual annual garage sale that Carolyn Perfetti does to help raise the budget for the nursery department and that will be this Saturday so clean out your closets and bring all your things that you don't need and let us have them so we can sell to raise money for the budget for our nursery they do a great job how many of you got things you don't need at home now not your not your husband or wife or kids we don't mean them we just mean things that you know you can give away so bring them, and then I think uh, the Naomi Circle's looking for some donations, and it's listed in the bulletin. So this is a good season to clean out your house and get things ready for the fall or the end of summer. All right, we want to leave our visitors and our guests seated today. If you're visiting with us, this is your first time. Please remain seated. We're going to ask all of our members and regular attenders to stand all over the building. And... Uh, we're going to greet one another, and the um, connectors will usually come down the aisle, and if you're seated, they're going to give you a card and a packet. Please take that and fill out the card and drop it in the offering plate when it comes around momentarily. And then you can find all those people that are seated. Let's shake hands now, greet one another, and say, God bless you. Happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same. 
hands right where you are and honor the presence of the Lord. He's here in this house this morning. If you're a believer, you know it. No one, no one needs to try to convince you. You feel and sense the presence of God in this place. You know that he's working in lives. He's working in ministry of healing and those that are standing around you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are here. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you glory. It's not a man. It's not anything we can conjure up. It's nothing we can create. This is your presence moving among your people. We give you praise. and we give, Right now, if you would just receive of the Lord, you would be touched with a healing touch right where you're standing right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, you're welcome here. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, presence of the Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the
wonderful time. What a wonderful time this is. I'm going to be preaching a message this morning on the rapture of the church. Right here, right now, this is the best time of your life. You might not realize it. You may be in here today on, uh, on uh, almost in protest. You may be here today not wanting to be here. You may have come here to please somebody else. But let me tell you something under the authority and the power of the Spirit of God. You are in a blessed state right here. The power of the Holy Spirit is at work in this place. And you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity. Right here, right now. The Spirit of the Lord is moving and working in this place. If I were you, I'd throw off every restraint I possibly could. I'd get rid of every weight that's binding me down. I'd get rid of every lie the enemy's ever told you and you believe. And I'd let go of it all. And I'd come running to the Lord. I'd come running in His presence to get where He's in, where He is, and where the healing can happen for me. I'm telling you what this morning, the Spirit of the Lord is here in a powerful way. And not too many days from now, there'll not be another opportunity. Someone come pray with this brother. There'll not be an opportunity in too many days. The weather patterns and the destruction and the evil in this world is taking over. People's hearts are failing them for fear. They're sick and they're scared. The evil in this world's taken over. People are by the scores are dropping their faith and they're walking away from truth and they're living a lie and they're throwing their lives away. And you are here standing in this house this morning. You have been raised to know the truth. You know the way it has been shown to you. You are here in this house. My presence is here in strong power to bring you to reconciliation. Trust and know that I will not always strive with you. My spirit is here to change and transform your life. I will be God if you will call unto me. Wow. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. I don't know who you are. I have no idea where you're standing. But listen to me, with every head bowed and every eye closed, right here, right now, at the beginning of service, you talk about throwing away the order. When the Holy Spirit challenges you like that, that means you're ready. That means he's already been knocking on your door. Don't worry if you're standing here today and you ain't feeling none of this. Don't worry. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the one that came here this morning. God had it designed and destined. Your future is right here, right now. God has ordained this moment in your life and you are ready to receive. Right now where you're standing, 
I want to know who in the world the Holy Spirit's speaking to. Would you just lift up your hand right now real quick? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Any others? Ten, eleven. Anybody else? Twelve, thirteen. Anybody else? Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. Come on, praise. Eighteen. Nineteen. Anybody else? Twenty. I know when the Spirit of God's working. I know when He's here. Anyone else? A few more seconds. I'm going to wait for you. 21. With every head bowed, every Christian praying in this house, 21 people going to come to the Lord right now and just get it straight. Whoever, whatever needs to happen in their lives, God's going to make it right, right here, right now in Jesus' name. I want oh, this whole congregation, everyone confident and courageous enough and those who are ready to do it for their, maybe their very first time, I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. This prayer is just words. It doesn't mean nothing if it doesn't come from the very invitation that you have received from the Holy Spirit. If you have been touched by Him, and if he is knocking on your heart's door, then right here, right now, your life is going to change. I want you to pray this with me. Church, help me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. I need you. I'm walking my own life. I'm doing it in my own strength. I need your power. I need to know that you're real. Be real in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. I believe you're the Son of God. You died for me. And now you'll be my Lord forever. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. Before we move on in the service, I wanted to come and my intention was to ask you to pray with me. I got a call this morning from Administrative Bishop Bill Isaacs. Told me that overnight, one of our churches, a group of folks came to service this morning to find out that their pastor had died overnight. They're devastated, they're brokenhearted. His wife is devastated. His name was Jasper Markin, pastored in Westerville, Ohio. He's part of our teams helping us to get together and, and to help plan the merge of our two states, the southern and northern regions. Wonderful man of God. This morning, he's been promoted. He's went on to his reward. He's not sorry, but he's left a devastated people that loved him. I want us to pray for this family. Amen? As a church, as part of what I love about being part of the church of God is that we love a church in Westerville. We love their, their church family. 
And it hurts our heart that they're going through that this morning, right now. So I want us to pray for them. And I also want us to pray for Brian Little's mother. Needs prayer and she had surgery, very serious surgery yesterday. And he's been concerned and trying to take care of her. I want us to pray for her. And also, I don't want to embarrass her, but I want to pray for Angie. Come here. This is my baby sister, in case you don't know. Angie's not the type that'll go around announcing it to everybody, but the doctors found a, a very large tumor in her throat. She has surgery the first week in July. And they've given her, of course, the worst case scenario, saying that all, all the testing they did to try to rule out cancer, and, and none of that came back to where they could be, they could tell her that. So they're going to go in and they're going to do this surgery. How many of you know God's going to go ahead of them? You can imagine what kind of stress that's put her under. She's been under a lot of stress and she tries not to make it obvious. But she's just been, been about ready to lose it going through what she's been gone through. And then she decided to tack on that they, these young people, these precious, awesome young people, then they do a wonderful job this morning. They have been out at the youth camp all week long singing and praising and worshiping God and bringing the house down. Granny, y'all did wonderful. So proud of you. They did so much. They gave and gave and gave and gave. And over 100 kids gave their life to Jesus this week at camp. Amen. God used them in... It's not over yet. They still got two more weeks, is it? Two more weeks to go where they have to be out there every night in 120 degree heat in that pavilion. No air conditioning, barely a fan that works. And they've got to be out there every night. So I want you to pray for them as well. And Angie, who's leading them, actually they pushed her surgery off so that she could fulfill the requirements of singing because, of course, they're going to attack that area right there. So we're going to pray for her. We're going to pray for this team. We're going to pray for the Markham family at the Westerville Church. We're going to pray for Brian's mother. We're going to hold up anyone else who has a, a need. Would you, if you have a need this morning, would you make it known? Uplifted hands all over the place. Amen. Let's do that. We've prayed for these that come down for special prayer, but now we're going to pray for you. And you help me as we pray for these needs here. Father, as we come before you as a congregation, we ask that you will minister to the Markhams, Lord. Touch Sister Markham this morning as she is devastated, Lord. I pray that you would touch the Westerville Church, the Open Gate Church. I pray that you would minister to them in comfort and strength, Lord. We call them and hold them close in our hearts. Lord, we want to feel their pain so that we can minister properly to them. God, we want to be there for those that are hurting. And God, we pray that you will bring peace to them. Let them sense and feel the power of an almighty God at work in their midst, even in this very moment as they are gathered together. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for Sister Little that you would touch her, minister your hand of healing and strength over her life. Touch her by the power of your Holy Ghost and let her feel and sense your touch. I pray for Angie. I lift her up to you, God, with the gift of music inside of her. I know the enemy would love to attack that, but God, we bring this need to you. We can't fix ourselves. We never could. We just give it to you. We bring every care and lay it before a God who is able. We ask you to heal her and touch her from the top of her head down to the soles of her feet. Let her feel the power and the presence of an almighty God. Let her know your power. 
Let her know your touch and empower these kids. Touch these young adults and young, young people. May they feel the presence of God, the anointing of the Lord, as they continue to give out and pour out ministry. God, may they be as anointed over the next two weeks as they are this very morning. I pray your touch on their lives. Bless them, strengthen them, and be with them. And for every hand that was lifted up, for every heart, every circumstance, we just give it to you today and pray in your name, holding up your word, God, we stand in agreement with your own word and we declare it's done to the glory and the honor and the will of Almighty God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and everyone together said amen. Amen. Let's give him praise and give him honor. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise. You may be seated. Such a beautiful song we just sang. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I was in tears as I remembered the first day I walked into this church. I sat about three rows behind Brother Hay. I didn't know what to expect, but there was an atmosphere that was generated from the worship that was lifted up that night. And that atmosphere touched my heart, and I was forever changed. And I'm so thankful for a place that we can come to where the Holy Spirit is welcome. So thankful for a congregation that opens their hearts and just lets him do his will. Because he can do much more than any man. And it's his power, it's his spirit that moves, that reaches our heart and heals us. It's that relationship that we're after. And I'm so thankful that we have a place where we can grow in that relationship. We've come today on purpose. We've come today to worship the one who's worthy. And we've worshiped with song. And now we're gonna worship with our giving. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful. So thankful that you would honor us today with your presence. That you would hear and you would move among us Lord, that you would receive 21 people into your kingdom today, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and for your love. Lord, we thank you for your presence, the relationship that we have with you. When we continue to honor you this morning as we have with song, we honor you with giving. We give back to you now for all that you've given to us. Lord, we love you passionately, and we're so thankful for you being involved in our life. Lord, we give to you today so that others may receive what we've received, and so others may feel what we feel. Lord, we thank you. In the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
opportunity that we could be vessels Lord to bring an atmosphere of praise and honor and worship that would set the stage for you to be able to make personal invitations to your people we know it's all you you're the one who has the power you're the one Lord who saves us you're the one who keeps us you're the one who heals us not our job to worry about 
We don't have to be good enough. We don't have to be strong enough or have enough of anything. All we need is to lean on the everlasting arms of a Savior who paid the ultimate price for our redemption, for our reconciliation, and for our healing. Thank you this morning for your hand on your people as we honor you in your presence that is here in a wonderful way today. We have truly been in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. If you turn to your Bibles to Psalms 55 and verse 4, I'm going to read two passages of Scripture. The second is going to be 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. One that represents the world, one that represents our hope. One scripture that reveals our heart, one that exposes our hope, our confidence. Psalm 55 and verse 4, the psalmist is writing and says, my heart is severely pained within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me so I said oh that I had wings like a dove I would fly away and be at rest the writer was sharing his heart concerning the persecution, the violence, the evil that just seemed to be everywhere. Everything going wrong. And he says, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. And you thought the old writer of the, the hymn, I'll fly away, come up with that all on their own. When I read that scripture, I started singing to myself, I'll fly away, oh glory. That's the reality, the reality of our world. That's the reality of where we are and what's going on all around us. Then our hope comes in the second passage of scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul was writing, he says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself, get this, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Cameron, I can't get no help up in here. I just read something to you that ought to had you running either out the door or down the altar. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. 
with them, the dead, our lost loved ones, those that we love and we miss. They'll be reunited with their earthly bodies and we, in all one mass reunion, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Thus shall we always be with the Lord and we'll forever be with the Lord. We'll always be with the Lord. We'll always be with God. Therefore, Paul said, therefore, because of this, because I just told you this, because I just read this to you, he said, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Look at somebody and say, Maranatha. Maranatha. I mean, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Father, we ask your blessings on your word. Challenge us. Speak to us. May the Holy Spirit yet, Lord, minister, make invitation to someone's heart. For our purpose in gathering is to worship you and to draw those who need you to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that's been here. He is here. He'll be here for our word. So we look into the word and we talk about something this morning. You know, we've been in revival and we've had all kinds of experiences going on. We've talked about intercessory prayer. We've talked about the word. We've been uh, just seeing wonderful things take place in our worship this morning. 21 people that come to Christ. I mean, God is doing wonderful things in our church. I had a lady who spoke to me, and, and she, she isn't really from the Church of God Cleveland background. And she literally spoke to me uh, and said, you know what? She goes, me and my whole family, she goes, we've decided to come here. And, and I was like, oh, well, that's wonderful. That's great. I'm Pastor Ray. It's nice to meet you. And she said, we just love it. She goes, you know, we're not even from your church, your background. She said, but what we feel in here and what we sense in here, we can't quit. She said... We love this church. And she said, we've decided, and she said, we've decided to make this our home church. And I said, well, welcome. I said, it ain't so bad, I promise you. The Spirit of God, the presence of God, it's more than, than a, a statue in somebody's living room on their fireplace. It, it's more than just a thought or philosophy or, you know, sugar cubes in your coffee. It, it's something real and the hope that you and I have today it's real the promise of his coming it's real he's going to come you know I want to look at people sometimes and I want to say ready or not rowdy ready or not whether you believe it or not I know you do whether you believe it or not accept it or not like it or not doesn't matter ready or not Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. And as I was praying, I had to go out to the camp this week. So normally my, I pray about what I'm going to preach for weeks at a time and, and try to get a pattern and try to get a series. And I'm really into series nowadays. You know, everybody is. And I, and I want to get PowerPoints and I want to do all those cool things. The thing, the problem I got is sometimes the Lord likes for me to have to beg and seek and so I got to do that sometimes. And 
This last week, I had to go out and preach at the camp two different nights, and, and, and that took a lot of my attention, a lot of my time, and I wasn't able to be in a normal routine. But when I was really praying and asking the Lord, okay, Lord, where are we at? We've been in revival. We've been talking about intercessory prayer. We've been praying, and we've been seeking you and talking about your word, and we've had great services. Where are you taking us now? The Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, doctrine. He said, get them to understand I'm coming soon told me to preach on the rapture this morning. I'm going to preach on the rapture in, in a way that you will understand it and defend it in the time that I have if I will not visit and I will preach. I have a tendency to visit. Somebody told me the other day I, like, I have stories and I tell them a lot. Does that mean you agree with them? What's I see this world, and I see the patterns that are happening that resemble a lot what the writer in the Psalms was talking about when he said, I see the violence, I see the hate, I see the pride, I see the arrogance, I see the evil, I see the sinfulness, I see the rebellion and the lawlessness all around me. And he says, I am severely, my heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. I'm fearful, I'm trembling, and it's all come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. In other words, this world is not my home. This world is not my home. Like it if you want to. I don't. I don't like death and violence and murder and hate. I don't like attitude and problems and anger. I don't like all those things that make everybody hate one another, make them cheat with their spouse, and make them go out there and get somebody else's in trouble so they can get their job. I don't like the rat race. I don't like all that. This ain't heaven to me. I want to know what the purpose is for the breath of my body and the heartbeat in my soul. I want to know what it's all about, the purpose of my faith. I want to understand about the heavens. I want to understand about where we are and what's going on. I want to get a good, clear picture of the reality of my hope. I want to know what I believe and what's real. I'm not interested in fairy tales. I'm also not interested in being numb to it all either and knowing nothing. I want to know. What I've sensed and I've felt in my own life is this direction, this step-by-step acknowledgement. Keep following after me. Search me out and you'll find me. I won't be obvious. He's not going to sit out there and put on a, a magic show for you. He's not going to get out there and do tricks to try to get your allegiance and your attention. He's already laid a red carpet with his son's blood for you and he's not about to start performing tricks to try to get you to fall in and believe. He's already done everything. He put a beautiful sky out there for you this morning. He put the breath in your very body. You've got a heart beating, and you've got a mind to think, and you've got an ability and talents and gifts. You've got love to share. You've got all of these things inside you, and it's all borrowed. It's not yours. It's not yours. It's borrowed. And God says, seek me. Search for me, and I will be found. I'll be found when you search for me, look for me. The gospel message is there 
churches on every corner. They're sending messages. This is a day when a church has got to be on guard and careful. I've never seen the like of how the, the messages of the gospel are being watered down and compromised and it's being shredded. And the very definitions of who we are and what we are and what we believe is being challenged and, and they're pulling it all apart and it's making confusion fill the land and nobody knows where to stand or what to do. And the Lord spoke to me and over the next several weeks in our summer experience here at Stratford Heights, we're going to be looking at the tenets of our faith and what we believe. Because I believe real revival comes in a confidence and in a courage to what it is that you know this Word of God teaches and what is true and real, the reality of our hope. I want to know what that is in my own life, and we're going to talk about it. Fly away. Fly away. What is all that about? What is the idea of the rapture? And why do we believe that and other churches don't? It seems like everybody believes in the second coming. Everybody, all the born-again Christian believers, they, they all tend to come together on the thought that Christ is coming back. But, but they, they don't understand all this mysterious talk about a rapture. Or we're going to look at it over the next few minutes, and I'm going to try to stay very close to my notes so that I can keep moving. Paul was writing to the Thessalonians because they had been waiting on the return. They had heard about the return and they were getting doubtful and discouraged and they weren't sure, they hadn't seen anything. And so they were starting to get a little crazy and they were starting to get a little confused and they were all also starting to spread a little seed of discouragement to others and, and it was becoming a problem. And Paul wanted to write to them and he said, Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning what's going on right now. The Lord, he gave us this beautiful mystery that unfolds. Only two passages in the scripture make reference to the rapture, but all you need is one. And he gives us two references. One is the text that I just read you. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 13 down to verse 18. Then he gives us 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51. These are two references that really when Paul was writing and he was making, uh, the Holy Spirit was leading him to talk about the end time and the things that would take place. He literally was, I believe, confirming and going back to the word that Jesus gave in John chapter 14 when he looked at his disciples and he said, be not afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself. What? Wait a minute, let's go back to the Revelation and let's go back to all the scriptures that just talk about Jesus coming on a white horse with a sash and coming down to bring judgment and justice and set things right and to rule and to reign in the world. That's the second coming. What is this about? The mystery of the rapture. Only mentioned a couple of times. But it's a teaching. A teaching in the scripture that you and I hold as a confirmation 
and an, in my opinion, an intelligent understanding of God's word. Because if there were no rapture, there would be much contradiction. You say, oh, what about all those people who don't agree with us? They can call me. Without the rapture of the church, there is contradiction in the word because too many places he makes reference. Here especially, Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you. Now, I have a, where I live, there's a whole bunch of new houses going up in my subdivision. I thought I lived in the country until last month. I suddenly live in a very urban city. Houses everywhere. And I used to go out and look at the field across my street, and I loved it. It was awesome. I'd go out and look at the stars in the sky. Don't you know, right across the street from me, Sister Pitts, they put a two-story house right across the street. Now I walk out, and the guy's like, hey. I'm like, what's up? Could you move your house? All these new homes going up, and man, they can have, I mean, I, I, I go to work one day, and the, there's a bulldozer digging a basement. Two weeks later, these people are like dragging, dragging beds in the house. I'm like, what in the world? I thought about that the other day, and I thought, new construction. And I thought about where Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I thought about new homes going up, new homes going up in heaven. And he's been working on that subdivision. They can put up a house in two weeks here. What in the world does it look like when it's taken 2,000 years to prepare? What does that look like? What is it, what's heaven really look like? Some of you folks, well, I don't know if I want to go there. I'm not really sure if I want to give up my life. Really? You have no idea what this place looks like. I've been to Disney World in Epcot Center, and I love it. And I go there, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. But God is just like, they ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> what he's prepared and what he's put together and what is waiting on us, I can't hardly wait. I'm like, David, how long will I wait until I come into your presence? When will I see you? When will I behold you? I can't wait. I'm jealous every time I go by a cemetery. A lot of folks go by those and grieve terribly. I go by those, they, and I'm like, man, I'm jealous of you all. Most of them, because you don't know. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it ever entered the heart of any man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Can you imagine what my house looks like? I mean, I, I'm sure yours will be nice, but <laughs> I'm thinking, Jeff, I know I got a deck on the back. I got a hot tub. I got a pool. I got Australian outback in my backyard. I don't know, but I know it's going to be awesome. When I got saved, I read scriptures, and one of the scriptures I read was in Romans, and it said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. 
And so every time anybody's tried to point a finger at me or tried to knock me down spiritually or tried to weaken my faith, I've looked at them and I've many times, Kathy, I've come back and I've said, there is therefore now no condemnation. You can't bring condemnation on me. My life is over. What I did back then, it don't matter anymore. I've been set free from it. I am saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm empowered by God, and my past don't matter. Part of what the rapture is all about is honoring that verse. You say, huh? Yeah, if I don't believe and look at the scripture, what it teaches on the rapture, then I've got to have an understanding that, that I'm going to go through the judgment, the wrath, and the justice of God on the earth for rejecting him. Isn't that, if we, we understand, according to what we read in Scripture, Christ is going to come back at the end of the seven year. We, we believe in the post-tribulation second coming of Christ. But see, someone would say, we're post-trib? I thought we were pre-trib. We are. We're pre-trib and post-trib. Because we believe the second coming of Christ comes in two stages. That the first stage is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know what you believe. It says, the dead in Christ, they'll rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Now, there's a different picture than the one on the horse, right? It's two pictures. We got one where there's a trumpet, we got one where there's the sound of an archangel and the voice and the shout of God calling us forward. We know that the Bible says that when we die here on this earth now, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I better stick to my notes. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we understand and know that our loved ones, my mother, this tomorrow, it'll be five years since she passed away. I can't even believe that. And I know you have lost loved ones. Every time I go by there, I think about it. And I, I look at it, and I'm like, well, Mama, one day, one day, you'll kick the box out, and there'll be a rustling. And can you imagine what it's going to be like? Can you imagine when the trumpet sounds and those that are with God? Because we know to be absent from the body is to be present with God. So the reason that the dead in Christ shall rise first is because God sends an order to all of them, I, I can see my mom, I can see your mom and your daddy and your brother and your sister and all your friends and your family, and they're all there, and they're all waiting, and, and God opens up the gate and says, go on, children, find your bodies, and they go on, and as they come down to the earth, all of a sudden, when they get down about halfway, God looks over at Jesus and says, hit it, and then the angel goes, Wow. Right about the time Mary Jane Phillips comes down across Dayton, comes down over to the Wagner Ford Road and hits Willowview Cemetery, right about that time the grass is going to start moving, the, the tombstone is going to start rocking, she's going to come up out of that dirt, and right about the time she does that, all of a sudden, I've heard the trumpet, and I'm moving, and I've already, man, I already told the Lord, I said, please let me be somewhere near Wagner Ford when the rapture takes place. 
Because there ain't nothing, ain't going to be nothing better than the fact that he has put us with him. He said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, with them, with them. Can you imagine? Granny, daddy, mama, here you are. And they're like, oh, baby, you wait until you see what's there. I can see my mother saying, honey, you, haven't, you can't even imagine what he has done for you. I know what your house looks like. I, I can see us getting together with our loved ones, getting together with all them. And God, and doesn't he love us? He, you know, he wanted, he wanted all of our loved ones and all of our, the people we missed. He wanted that to be the first thing we saw because he wanted to give us tour guides. He wanted to give us ambassadors of the kingdom. All of them are ambassadors. Some of them have been there a long time, and they're literally coming down. Now, I, I might look over and see Elijah, and who would have known he was downtown Dayton when he died? Who knew that? But we'll see some of these folks, and they'll come together, and all of a sudden I'll hear my loved ones, and you'll hear your loved ones, and we'll see them, and there'll be a big reunion before there's a reconciliation with God. And Jesus is standing up there going, did y'all quit? I didn't want you to fellowship all day. Now get up here. And as we move up in to where he's at, then he gathers us together and he walks us right up to the Father's throne. And when we stand there together with him, the angel starts declaring, Holy, holy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And he is the one that receives power and wisdom and riches and glory. We'll get there. We'll stand together with all the crowds. And then that'll be orientation day. And he'll put us together in the heavens. And then we'll be there. The marriage supper of the Lamb, the biggest party you've ever seen, will take place. I don't know what they're going to serve. It'll be great. Put it all together. The marriage supper, Jesus will serve us. We'll share communion with him. It'll be a wonderful time of reunion, a wonderful time of, of fellowship. And all oh, we'll just be so happy. We'll be singing songs. We'll be loving on one another. We won't believe that we're really there. Oh, we kept and we held on for so long. And we wanted to have that peace and that confidence. And there we are standing in their presence. Mark it down. It's not a fairy tale from Disneyland. It's the truth of God's Word. And if you'll hold on, if you'll hold fast, if you'll not let go, and if you'll not give in, you will be there and you will see it for yourself. Glory to God. You will see it for yourself. There ain't nothing here. There ain't nothing here. I want to take me out of that spot. I don't know what it's going to be like the very Sunday after the rapture takes place. I've prayed and I've said, God, my prayer is that the church will be empty. My prayer is there won't be a person in this house. I pray not one person after the rapture takes place. No more condemnation on those folks. Nobody, everybody made it. Everybody was, was sacrificed. Everybody gave their all, surrendered everything, and got everything right. I want it to be that this church house, Brother Charlie, is empty the week, the Sunday morning after the rapture. But I'm afraid my pastoral heart says there's a little bit there to be fearful of and to pray about. Because I really fear, to be honest with you, I kind of fear as big as this crowd is this morning, and y'all look wonderful. I fear that the place is going to be jam-packed. I fear they're going to be lined up down Brill Boulevard trying to get in. 
your loved ones, my loved ones, all those folks that played games and played church and didn't want anything to do with it, all of a sudden out of nowhere, where's mama? Where's daddy? Where's the baby? Everybody's gone. And then now they're like, it's Sunday morning. Well, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get myself together and I'm going to get over to that church house and they'll get over here. They won't be able to get in. As soon as they turn on Nelson, they'll say, phew, there's a lot of people. Oh, we're good. It didn't happen. They, they didn't have it right. It, it isn't right. And they'll get in here and they'll jam in the aisles and they'll fill in the pews. But I'm telling you, and I declare it to be truth right now, God help me this. They'll not find Pastor Ray. I won't be anywhere in the building. You can check my office. You can search for my car. I won't be here. I promise you I won't be here. I, I guarantee you they won't find any of our other ministers. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They won't, they'll be looking for us and they won't find us. They'll be looking for the organist. They'll be looking for Gary to cry with his guitar held up here and it won't happen. They'll be looking for the choir to be standing there ready to go and nobody's in the choir loft. They'll look in the office to see if Judy's there. They want to pay their tithe and they want to back it up for a year or two and she won't be there. There'll be none of that. But there'll be people jammed down the aisles trying, looking, desperate. Hey, will somebody lead us in a song? Will somebody stand up and tell us that it didn't real? It didn't happen. Please, please. I'm here to tell you this morning. In an hour that you think not, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. And we will be caught up together with the Lord to meet him in the air. And we'll be shouting, and we'll be dancing, and we'll be singing, and we'll be there. Will you be there? Twenty-one of you will be. Twenty-one of you will be today. I can't hardly wait for it. I can't hardly wait. I've prayed many different times. I, I, I was always, I've always been intrigued. I preached it, Dave. Enoch. Enoch. So jealous of Enoch. Enoch loved God. And he was with God. And walked with God. And was not. Because God took him. I'm like, whatever. What in the world? What did that guy do? I'm like, Lord, what do I got to do to be like him? You know, he said to me, I, I prayed it for years. He never, he made me wait for like 10 years. Because I was always like, God, I would love to be like Enoch. I would love, man, if I could just be that close. Lord, if I could just, I'd love to translate like Elijah in a, in a chariot. Just you know, fire. I don't really like fire. Could we do it maybe some other way? But I, let's do something like that. I want to be like Enoch, and I prayed it. I've told people before, you know, oh, I want to be like Enoch. It'd be awesome to be Enoch, wouldn't it? Man, I can't wait to get there and just flick him right on the nose, you know? Dude, what'd you do? You know what the Lord spoke to me? About three days ago, Sister Barnett, this is what he said. He said, you will be. You'll know exactly how he felt. He said, because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you will be, and you'll be walking with me. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you won't be anymore because I took you. He said, you'll know what Enoch felt. And I, man, I was like, woo! 
glory to God. I'm going to know what Enoch felt like. How many are going to know what Enoch felt like? How many are ready when the rapture is ready to take place? Hallelujah. We believe. We believe in the second coming. We know that he's coming to bring judgment and justice, and there will be wrath poured out on the disobedience and the rebelliousness and the injustice of this world. But hold fast to the truth that there is coming a day when you and I, you see the second coming comes with signs. Matthew chapter 24, there are signs all throughout the scripture that point to the second coming. There'll be signs in the air, signs in the field. There'll be signs in people. There'll be signs in the atmosphere, the weather, everything will sign. And don't get me wrong, we're starting to see the signs of the second coming. But you know what that only means? Because really, you've got to understand something. Once the rapture takes place, it's only seven years before the second coming. So we're going to naturally see some of the signs of the second coming right now. But understand this, in all the word, I don't know anywhere where there's any kind of list of the signs or any kind of uh, mention of what has to happen or be in place for the rapture. He could, as a matter of fact, it's the opposite. He says, in an hour that you know not. No man, he says, knows the day nor the hour. There is no warning. There's only a trumpet. And when you hear it, whether it's 3 o'clock in the morning or whether it's 12 noon, you'll know. You'll know. And then in a moment, You know, Tim LaHaye put together this Left Behind series, and it drove everybody crazy. You know, it used to be that the rapture was something taught and mo mostly known in the churches. But now, it's gotten worldwide attention. They're making movies about it. I mean, all these doomsday movies, all these end-of-the-world movies, the day after tomorrow, Armageddon. I mean, the whole world's trying to answer the questions to this mystery, to this mystery, what is this thing about the rapture? I saw a commercial the other day for a television show, apparently that's going to come out or it is out, I don't know. It's called The Leftovers. And the lady was doing an interview and she says, yeah, you know, it's about like all these people like mysteriously disappear in the whole world. And it's, it's about those people that are left with the pain. And it's about their lives. And I'm like, oh, really? They're, they're like, we're trying to give a sense of comfort. There's so many of the shows and the movies that, that talk about the end and, and you know, make this doomsday. We want to show the heart of the leftovers. Let me tell you something. There'll be a leftovers, all right. But they won't be trying to just live a normal life. The Bible says they'll call for the hills to fall on them, the rocks to fall on them. They'll try to take their own lives. It's going to be horrible. They'll know. If you've ever heard a gospel message one time, you'll know. You'll have a clue when grandma's not there, you know. My, my aunt, I would never embarrass her, so I won't tell you which aunt. I've got lots of aunts. 
But I've got an aunt. She was always afraid of the rapture taking place without her. And she's as good as gold. I mean, she is godly. That woman, if she misses the rapture, there ain't no hope for any of us. She loves God. She, if she even stubs her toe, she thanks God for the experience. I mean, she's amazing. <laughs> but she had this fear, and she, she would always call. When my mom was alive, she would call my mom's house and, Mary? Yes? Oh, okay, I just, whew, I just wanted to know you were there. Well, she, she, you know, she'd do this periodically, and she'd call several times, and, and, and Mom would always be like, now, and she'd call her by name, and she'd say, the Lord hasn't come. You know you're okay. You're all right. And she'd pray with her. I know, but I'm just afraid, you know. Maybe I did something. And she's like, no, it's not like that. And she'd try to minister to her, and one day she called my mom, and she couldn't get there. So she called my sister, Missy. I love you, Missy. And just a, a waiver here. Missy is going to heaven also, if anybody is. She loves God. She's at church today. She loves the Lord. She's, she's ready to go. But my aunt, my aunt was like, Missy? Yeah? She's like, oh, I, I, I needed to. She goes, could you go check and see if the baby's in the crib? And Missy, Melissa, is like, what about me? <laughs> Could you just please go check and see if she's in the crib? Yeah, she's in the crib. Praise God. Okay, everything's good. to be an hour, there's going to be a day. Paul said in verse 18, therefore, comfort one another with these words. It brings comfort. You know, I tell loved ones at funerals, you know, if, if you have faith and confidence in Jesus, you'll see your loved one again. This is a temporary separation. It's a farewell for now, but we'll meet him on the other side. And that brings such comfort. But I've also at times felt led, and I've said to folks that were there, I've said, and if you have no faith, if you do not believe, if you have no relationship to Jesus whatsoever, then please, I'm asking you, we're going to make room for you. When you come by, for your last respects, you're allowed to linger a little longer because this will be the last time you ever see them, ever. So take your time. I don't want to take anything from you. I want you to have your, your time because that's it for you. But if you have faith, you'll meet them in the morning. This is a doctrine of the church. It's these kinds of doctrines that keep us when the distractions and the evil and the horrors of the world hurt our heart. It's easy to get off track, so don't feel bad. It's easy to get off track. It's easy to, for the world to come in heavy 
and bring distractions. The enemy works hard to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants you to walk away. He wants you to be hardened to it. He wants you to give up any hope. But Paul said, if our hope was in this life only, we would be of most men miserable. He said, but our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in Christ. And Christ is coming soon. And this doctrine of faith is important to our children, our young people. It's important that we understand we must be ready. Don't be here the Sunday after the rapture. Decide, declare, you will not be here. Do whatever you've got to do. The most important decision you will ever make in all of your life. More important than what you will do, who you will marry, what you will have, where you will live. More important than all of that, your health. More important than all of that is what you do with this service. This question, what you do with Jesus most important decision you will ever make in your life. 21 of you today have made a declaration. I still feel as if there might be one more. And as a pastor preaching on this doctrine, I must give you one more opportunity today. I don't know when he's going to come. I don't know what hour it will be. Don't let the devil, don't let the evil, don't let his garbage keep you from it. Oh. I have sent you relief. I come to you with rescue. I desire to show you life. I am God. I am powerful. I am real. Seek answers. I will give you answers. Seek my face. I will show myself to you. I love you with an everlasting love. I love you with a love that was willing to sacrifice for you. Look not upon the things of this life and this world. I am here. I am for you. I will stand as a mighty, powerful force on your behalf if you will but trust in me. Faith 
belief. This is all you need. I have done all else, says the Lord who loves you. Wow. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We believe in your powerful work in the church. We believe that you have visited with us all day today. Lord, we have sensed your presence and many have come to you. Obviously, your Holy Spirit is searching for others who still need you. Lord, we understand and we know that you're coming very soon. The signs are there for your second coming, which means the rapture is closer than we ever thought. We stand, God, in awe of how your word, written thousands of years ago, is coming to life every hour and second. We submit ourselves to you afresh and brand new, even as a church. Those of us who've been in the church, God, we renew our own commitments to you and surrender ourselves afresh. I pray that you will touch us as a church not to be part of the enemy's deceptions and distractions, but, Lord, that we will be pure in our motives and intentions to build up, to love one another, to serve one another, to not be selfish and arrogant and prideful, but, God, to repent and give ourselves to love. I pray that you will lead us, that you will guide us to our greatest days as we stand with oil in our lamps at the knocking of your presence on our doors. Touch us afresh and brand new today, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? Don't nobody move around. Please be very still just for a moment. What about you? What about you? You feel like you're in a tug of war right now. You feel like you're being pulled left and right. You don't know what to do. You feel like you want, you want to reach out, but something else is just pulling you back. You feel that struggle inside you. If you do, I'm praying for you right now because I sense that. I feel it. You thought you could get out of here. 21, they already did an altar call thought you could get out but here we are you're being confronted again because he loves you he's not mad at you he's not mad at you he loves you he wants to turn your life around he wants to show you that he's real he wants you to trust him You've already done it on your own. You've already tried to figure it all out yourself. What good has it got you? How many answers do you have? Trust Jesus today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you, and you would pray with me right now, I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand right where you are. God bless you. God bless you, son. 
Anyone else? I want to. I want Jesus. I need him. Amen. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Just waiting. God bless you, sir. Thank you for your honesty. God sees your intention in your heart. He will be there for you. Anyone else? All right. Christians, is it all right if we do this twice? Say amen. It's a joyful thing to do it twice. We can do it ten times. I don't care. But let's, let's take these people to the throne. Pray, with, pray this prayer with me. Mean it from your heart. Jesus, come into my heart. I will trust you. I will give you my life. I will stop trying to run it myself. I can't fix me, but you can. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to be saved. I know you're the Son of God. You died for me and you rose for me. I accept you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Church, if you will, in a dismissal prayer, will you take someone by the hand right where you're standing? I hope you're with me in that this, it breaks me. This kind of a service breaks me, humbles me. I realize how big he is and how little I am. And Josh, how much I need him. I need him. You need him. The enemy will be waiting. The moment you step into the car, the moment you get out of here, he wants to steal. He'll take this as good as he'll take it. If you're not determined, hold fast. You're holding someone's hand. I don't want you to pray for you right now. I want you to pray for them. And they'll pray for you. We'll all pray together. But we pray for strength. We pray for oil in our lamps. In other words, we pray for the Spirit of God to be working in our lives at all times. Pray that He will be there to give us great guidance into a victorious and overcoming life. Amen? Let's pray right now. Father, as we come, we bring our brothers, our sisters. We bring these folks to you, God. We pray for them. We pray for the one we're holding their hand. We don't know what they go through. We don't know what thoughts they have in their heart. We don't know what they struggle and they fight with. We don't know. But Lord, we give them to you fresh. We hold them up. We lift them up. And God, we pray for strength over their lives. We pray that you'll preserve them, keep them from all harm. When the enemy comes in, God, lift up that standard against his lies and deception. Let truth reign in their lives, in their hearts. May they truly feel and sense your presence, know your truth, know your love. May they know the power to overcome. 
I pray for this strength in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we as a church anxiously await the sound of your trumpet. We know that you're coming for your church. We know that we are readying ourselves. We're getting ready and we're watching and we're waiting. We will live successful and wonderful lives. We will go back to work. We will go to our families. We will live out the truth of witnessing and being a light to this world. But in the meantime, we'll always keep our eyes open and our ears attentive to the sound of your coming. For Lord, we know it is at any hour and any day that you will be there gathering us to yourself, your church, your bride. And we cannot hardly wait in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody together said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Come back tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll be having church. Have a wonderful afternoon.